0: We pray, come Holy Spirit, come Lord, we give you permission to do what you desire. Make our minds, hearts, and souls fertile soil, that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate the scriptures for us, convict and console our hearts, speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. The Lord says this same thing in little different words a few different places. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You know how you know that you love me is by keeping my commandments. So here, Jesus is revealing to us again, at the depth, what love, authentic, true love is. Authentic, true love is not merely a sentiment. It's not merely an emotion. It doesn't reside primarily in the affect, but it resides in the will, in the will. Moses, right, as he was presenting the the covenant to the people, I place before you a blessing and a curse, life and death, essentially love or sin. So Christ is is saying the same thing with his whole life and all the way through. Like to love him is to keep his commandments. Love, again, is in the will. And the will, actually, when the church speaks about the will and her her anthropology and her teaching of the human person, the will is in the heart. The will is in the heart the biblical notion of the heart you've hopefully you've heard me say this a little bit ad nauseum so that we're we just need to hear it over and over because the culture the cultural notion of the heart is our affect our emotions but the biblical notion of the heart is the core of our being the core of our being that the catechism says is even deeper than our psychic drives like it's a place where we say where our conscience resides, where the Lord himself resides, where we choose for yes or for no in faith and in hope and in love. So it is that place where Jesus says, what is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your mind or your heart or your soul or your strength and to love our neighbor as ourself. So to follow him, to love him, is to keep his commandments, to will them, and if we are honest with ourselves as we read the scriptures and we read the teachings of the church that are just the unfolding of the teachings of Christ, then we look at them and we're like, to love you, Jesus, is hard. To love you, Jesus, is difficult. And it's true. The call of a Christian, the call of a Catholic is a high call to love christ authentically is a high call and what can happen is we can hear this we can hear jesus teaching about marriage and divorce like nope one man one woman for the entirety of their life we can hear his teaching about human sexuality you know like Lusting in our own minds and our hearts committing adultery. We can hear his teaching about forgiveness. How many times seven times 77 times about loving our enemies about serving the poor the reality of Matthew 25 like that loving Jesus in the poor or not has eternal consequences that heaven is real that hell is real like this is a real reality all of these things that we can see all of this and hear all of this and just be like I mean like like really. Really? I know myself, and I've joked this way before, but like I'm really serious. If I was there at the Sermon on the Mount, and they're asking Jesus questions about like forgiveness and divorce, and Jesus, is like, you've heard it said this, but I say this, I'd be like, oh, can we stop asking him questions? He's just making it harder. But actually what Jesus is doing is just not making it harder. He's actually saying, this is the original truth. This is the original call. This is your original capacity to love this way. And because of the fall and because of sin, right, the law was a certain movement that had these gradual steps that comes in its fulfillment in Christ, It's fulfillment in Christ. And so his call is, this is what you were made for, to love this way with a pure heart, with fidelity, and great compassion and mercy and forgiveness and generosity, with fidelity and courage. And so as he's calling us, then we look at our own selves and we look like, "I'm I'm not capable of that. Like, how can I love this way? How can I forgive this way? How can I be faithful in this way? How can I be chaste in this way? Like, like, what? But the problem is, brothers and sisters, if we're just staring at the law and then staring at ourselves, then yes, we're going to be like, this is impossible. And so then what happens? Like, we couldn't have really meant that. I mean, not in my present circumstances. I mean, if you know my circumstances, what has happened to me and all these different things, then like, you know, like he couldn't have really meant that. It's like, no, no, he means it. Then how? The how is that Christ gives us his divine life. That the Holy Spirit is not just like, Oh, like it's this cute language. No, when we're baptized, when we continue to receive the sacraments, and as we open ourselves in faith, the Holy Spirit comes and is active, is active in our life. And as we receive the Holy Spirit, the Father and the Son come with Him in our own souls. So that St. Paul says that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. That is scandalous language for the people who first heard it. The temple was a sacred place, and especially the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest could go once a year. They would legit tie a rope around his waist, because if he died in the presence of the Lord, because of the Lord's holiness, they weren't gonna go in there. They were just gonna drag him out. Like I ain't going in there. I'm gonna get killed too. Like I mean, we're like, just gonna drag him out. And so to say that now our own bodies become a temple of the Holy Spirit was was a scandalous. But like, it is the power of what the Lord has giving us and calling us to. So when actually Jesus gives Himself to us, He gives us His life and His virtues. He gives us the capacity to love like him. Because otherwise, for him to say that we need to love this way in fidelity and mercy and forgiveness and generosity and everything, and that to love the Lord our God with all our mind, heart, soul, and strength, like, if we are incapable of doing it, then it's, he's, like, all he's doing is just discouraging us and placing a bar that we can't reach. Then what good would that be? But the prophet Ezekiel prophesied the the word of the Lord, God's own very word, in chapter 36, he says, he's prophesying what will come in the time of the Spirit. That I will purify you, I will wash you with water, and I will purify you from your idols. The things that we make more important than the Lord. Pride, envy, greed, lust, jealousy, vanity. I'll sprinkle clean water upon you and purify you. Then I'll take your stony hearts. Your hearts that don't have the capacity to love this way, I will take them from you. And I will give you a natural heart. And the natural heart is the heart of Jesus himself as part of actually the graces of the sacrament, both baptism, Eucharist, confirmation, marriage, holy orders, That Jesus is giving us his heart. So as we come to receive communion, like to come in faith, because this is God, body, blood, soul, and divinity. It is the Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And it's only when we come with faith, because objectively that is him. But subjectively, we actually have to open ourselves in faith, desiring him, believing in him, even if it's imperfect. And that's when it has an actual effect in our life. He's giving us a portion of his virtue, of his own heart. Does this happen all at once? No, it is a journey. It is a journey. And it's never completed on this side of heaven. We're actually living right now as if we're the Israelites, journeying through the desert from slavery in Egypt, journeying through the desert to the ultimate promised land, which is heaven. And so we will have tastes in growing in depth of relationship with the Lord and communion with him and growth in virtue, but it will never be complete until heaven. And actually, brothers, and sisters, the fact that we have these continual longings and these continual aches to be seen, to be known, to be loved, to be fulfilled that, are, that aren't ultimately fulfilled in this life, that is a gift to us. The ache of the human heart that perdures in some way is a gift because what it does is it points us to our true homeland of heaven. Our true homeland. For us not to get satisfied here because we're made for more. And the Lord doesn't come and just say, Here's the law, and I leave you with it. But it's like, Here's the law. And, and this is my own love for you. That I'm going to give you the capacity to do it. To live it. And we fall and we stumble. That's what the sacrament of reconciliation is for. Genuine conviction. Genuine repentance. Genuine forgiveness and mercy. And then we move again with him. And then we live again with him. And so... If we have in our mind, Jesus, I can't, I cannot keep your commandments and then so just I'm going to go on cruise control of mediocrity, no. We face ourselves in the reality of where we have fallen and where we struggle. We face ourselves in the truth and the reality of the power of the Holy Spirit in our own lives. That he gives us the capacity to love this way. And as we do so, Step by step, we experience more and more the communion that has its fullness in heaven. So tonight as you come to receive the Holy Eucharist, or if you're not able tonight, if you're not prepared to receive the Holy Eucharist, as you, as you come longing for that time, and as you go to confession or, 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 or enter into the church, open your heart in faith. Jesus, fulfill your promise in me because I desire it. And give me a longing to say yes to your law, which is a law of love. It's ultimately about relationship. It's not ultimately about commandments, but relationship. And they lead us along the way. And then he always comes and he always gives his divine life. Jesus said to his disciples, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot accept, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live and you will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and reveal myself to him love brothers and sisters sometimes is fun and cute and great and sometimes it is the cross uniting ourselves with jesus on the cross choosing the good willing the good and when we fail and when we sin and when we fall let us come to him who is infinitely merciful infinitely merciful always receives us and then we choose again both in joy and in suffering to love. You've been listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. If you would like to become a golden giver or learn more about what we do, please visit ctklsu.org.